You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries. The moment you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're as good for heaven as if you were already there. But we're not talking about salvation. We're talking about staying on target by living God's will out for your life. The Bible says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's not talking about a work salvation. It's talking about working out what God's already put inside of you, fleshing out God's plan for your life. Can you imagine building a house with no hammers, saws, or nails? Well, needless to say, the house would probably not get built. Your God-given purpose in this world is much like building a house, and God has given you all the tools you need to build it. As Pastor Gary shares, your job is to not only use the tools and talents God has given you, but also keep working and staying on track until the job is done. And when is the job done? When you hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of 2 Kings chapter 13 as he begins his message, Staying on Track. I want to preface the reading of our text with a verse the Holy Spirit just directed me to out of the book of Hebrews. And you don't have to turn there, I just want to read it to you real quickly. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26, where the Bible said, Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. If you think about the God of the Old Testament, he's the same as the God of the New Testament, but what I mean by that is he revealed himself to us in stages. He came first with the law so that we would know what his expectations were and it was with much fear and trembling that God God's people heard the voice of God from Mount Sinai and that in fact it so terrified them that uh, as the ground shook when God spoke that they asked Moses to speak on behalf of God but in these last days he has given us of his spirit who speaks to us through the word of God and the spirit of God and the power of God Because Jesus completed his work on Calvary, when God speaks today, he not only shakes earth, but he shakes heaven. And I'm preaching to you a earth-shaking, heaven-shaking God who is interested in changing your world for his glory and honor. Amen. So think about that now as we go to 2 Kings chapter 13, beginning in verse number 14. Now Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness, whereof he died. In other words, this is, this is the sickness that would eventually end his life. Uh, and Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him. This was before, obviously before he died. And wept over his face and said, O oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel, the horsemen thereof. And uh, it was an interesting dynamic in the... Old Testament Israel economy where they actually had some degree of respect for the prophets of God and would to God that America would have some respect for God's real men today. Somebody say amen. Would to God our government would pay some respect to those sounding the alarm spiritually for our country. 
But anyway, that's not my message. Verse 15, And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put thine hand upon the bow. He put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. This is a picture and a type of anointing him uh, for a task. In verse 17, And he said, Open the window eastward. And he opened it. And Elisha, then Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. Now he's speaking prophetically, using the arrow traveling a distance as a metaphor of what is fixing to transpire. Uh, he's saying the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. They were under Syrian oppression. He said, For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou have consumed them now watch your bible verses 18 and 19 and he said take the arrows and he took them and he said unto the king of israel smite upon the ground and he smote thrice and stayed old english word meaning he quit verse 19 and the man of god was wroth with him and said thou shouldest have smitten five or six times then hast thou smitten syria till thou hast consumed it Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria, but thrice. And that's where I want to put my focus is verse 19 where he said, Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. And the subject of my message today is staying on target. We might reference as a way of illustrating this concept the scripture in the book of Hebrews where it says, Let us hold fast, therefore, the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Never forget that there is always a time test between the promise and the fulfillment. And if we are to see the fulfillment of many of God's promises that are conditional promises based upon our faith and obedience, then we're going to have to learn what it means to stay on target. The man of God in our passage used arrows as an illustration to the king of that day. And whenever he released those arrows out the window, often arrows being directed and released when they hit the target, they symbolize victory. They symbolize strength. They symbolize a strong army, if you will. And just as he was obedient to the man of God and the word of God in his instructions to release that arrow, he was basically and essentially telling the king, just as you released that arrow, just as sure as you hit the target, uh, God, can uh, God will deliver the Assyrians into your hands. So number one, I want you to notice that in order to stay on target, you will be given insight. To stay on target, we need to stay on target when we're given insight from the Word of God. Verse 17, the last part, he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria for thou shalt smite the Syrians in effect till thou have consumed them. Now keep in mind that he's already told him that, that he could consume the Syrians. If you fast forward a couple of verses, he ends up telling him that based upon his response to the enlightenment of God's word, 
He's not going to actually consume them totally, but he's going to only fight and win like three times, essentially. In other words, you won't get total victory because you didn't receive the word that was given to you totally and entirely. Are you with me? Say amen. And so we see here then that this was a prophecy that could have taken place in full effect had the king actually believed and received and obeyed it. He was given insight from God's word as to what God's will was. Note that when divine insight is given to us from God's word, it reveals God's will for our lives. And many times uh, people read the word of God and discover what it is that God would have them to do, and they discover all of the promises that God has laid out for those uh, who would walk in faith and obedience to Him, and yet they fall way short of having received the promise, not uh, believing the Word of God through all the way to the end, not staying on target, if you will. And many today, I believe, are living by the wayside of their Christian walk with God. They have maybe we'll use the word they have backslidden if you will they have uh, they have began uh, their walk with God but somewhere along the way they got discouraged they got faint uh, they got tired they got hurt and they lost focus uh, and they began to miss the target uh, because somewhere along the way they allowed the enemy of God's word to rob the seed of insight uh, from their heart and from their focus uh, and from their mission in life. Are you there this morning? Are you in that place where you need to get back to where you used to be with God? In order for you to stay on target, Paul the Apostle said, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now hear me and hear me well. I'm not talking about finishing your salvation. That was finished 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary. And the moment you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're as good for heaven as if you were already there. But we're not talking about salvation. We're talking about staying on target by living God's will out for your life. The Bible says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's not talking about a work salvation. It's talking about working out what God's already put inside of you, fleshing out God's plan for your life. And many today have missed the target. Do you know what the Bible word is for missing the mark? The word sin is defined as missing the mark, and you can excuse it any way you want to, but when you miss the mark of God's will for your life, no matter what your excuse is, uh, you and I are living in blatant sin towards Almighty God. I'm afraid that today many of the reasons why we don't experience a real powerful anointing and move of God in our services that can break the chains of addiction, amen, that can set the captive free is because too many Christians are sold out to the world and sold out to their self instead of being sold out to the one who redeemed them by his blood, amen, you did run well, what has hindered you? Many today God would call back into his will. You've missed the mark, you've gotten off target, you've lost focus, And now there you are, out of God's will, miserable, 
trying to pretend to be happy, trying to convince yourself that your way is the way to go and you and God and everybody else knows that you need to just get back on target. If you're with me, say amen. And so he was uh, using an arrow as an analogy. And uh, the word of God came in that moment and gave the king insight as to what God's will was for the future of the nation of Israel. It was actually God's will to completely defeat the Syrian army. But because this king did not respond appropriately to God's insight, you might say the preaching of God's word under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, things didn't turn out as they could have. And so you need to stay on target when you're given insight from God's Word. Never neglect to remember and embrace wholeheartedly when God speaks to you about a matter. When God reveals to you about something that you need to get right, something that you need to do, a verse that you need to believe and live out, uh, you need to pay attention to that insight because that is the beginning of the process of staying on target. You'll never hit a target that you don't know exists. So you need to find out what God's will is for your life. You say, preacher, how am I going to do that? It's simple. You read your Bible with hunger and thirst. Amen. The Bible says, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. The preacher can't tell you what God's will is for your life. You got to find it for yourself. But I can tell you there's a general will of God for every believer. And then there's a specific will of God for you individually. You need, to, you need to get the general down, but you need to find out specifically what you can be doing for the glory of God. And I believe if every Christian were to find out the mark, the target that God has uh, set out for their life, uh, think of God as the archer, you as the arrow, and he's releasing you to hit a certain target. The question is, are you going to stay on target? It's not God's fault if you don't. God aims well. God aims right. God is always true. He's not a liar. Amen. And so you need to be able to receive the insight of God's word. The Bible says the entrance of thy word giveth light. God help the church today of America and around the world that when we receive instruction and insight from God's word that reveals the very will of God for our destination, for our direction, and for our existence that we not soon abandon the instructions that we find in the Word of God and create our own instructions, but help us to go back to the manual because that's base number one if you're going to make it home. Can somebody say amen? When God gives insight, we need to stay on target. It's the revealed will of God for our lives. Not only that, in order to stay on target, uh, we need to pay attention to specific instructions. Look at 2 Kings 13, the last part of verse 18. And he said, take the arrows. Keep in mind, the prophet's already told the king what God's will is. Now he's going to give him specific instructions. He says, take the arrows. And he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, smite upon the ground. It's very odd. Uh, in fact, the Old Testament's full of odd happenings if you've read your bible you know what i'm talking about there's some uh what we would consider some strange things that happened in the old testament and in the new testament but they were all for a purpose 
All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for reproof, for instruction in righteousness, amen, for, for correction. Uh, and we need to learn what it is that God wants us to know about this particular passage. What was he saying to the king? It was a test. Think about it. He was given a prophetic word that the king should have been inspired by. That the king should have gotten excited about. That the king should have gotten enthusiastic about. But when the prophet told him to go pound the ground, it was a little weak pansy, three little hits, and he was done. No passion, no zeal, no durability. It was a half-hearted step of obedience, basically because he was told to do it, not because I'm convinced he believed the prophet's word. Because if he had believed what the prophet actually told him, that they were going to get victory over the Syrians, he would have been so excited that he'd have been out there and he would have not stopped pounding until the prophet said, you've hit it enough. Can you see that? And so many today come to church today, they hear about a Savior that bled and died for their sins. They hear about a Savior that poured out heaven's best for earth's worst. They hear about Jesus uh, who's given a name that's above every name and given all power in heaven and earth, uh, but devoted all of those resources and all that power into you as his prized possession. And yet we come to church and we can't even be inspired enough to go out and tell somebody else about him. Uninspired. Unmoved. The preacher asks you to do something, you'll do it, you'll do it half-heartedly if that, and you certainly won't do it with any longevity. You'll do it just long enough to get out of the limelight, so hopefully somebody else will do it. You don't have to next time. Can I get an amen? Are we real this morning? Oh, God help us this morning to get this concept that whenever we're to stay on target. We are not only to receive the insight of God's Word, what God's revealed will is for our life, but we are to receive the instructions of God's Word, which is God's revealed way for us to do it. God's not just going to give you passive thoughts. He's going to give you aggressive action. He's not just speaking to you so that you'll say, that's a cute sermon. He's going to speak to you so that you can go and say, what in the world am I going to do with this? God, help me to not miss my opportunity to put this into shoe leather and to practice in my life. How many Christians today go to church week after week, year after year, decade after decade, unmoved, untouched, their patterns never change, their routines never change, their religious habits never change, the only religious experience they have with God is in the four walls of the church, outside of the church, it's like God don't even exist in their life, but God didn't come just for you to have a cute little sermonette, God came to mobilize you as a mighty army for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, are you going to be a ground-pounding Christian this morning, uh, or are you going to be a pansy that just uh, wastes a little bit of all about everybody's time just long enough to get out of the way? Oh, God, help us this morning to receive the instruction of God's Word and to take it with zeal and with passion. Mm. When God gives insight, it comes with instructions. But the third point I want to focus on now 
is when instruction and insight come, we should also be inspired. I've already touched on it a little bit. He said, it, said he smote it thrice and stayed. He stopped. He just quit. And God's not looking for quitters. God's looking for people. Amen. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Jesus, at one point, the closer he got to the cross in his earthly ministry, the fewer the followers. Somebody say amen. The Bible said in uh, John chapter 6, verse 66, that many of his disciples went away and never returned. And then Jesus turned around and looked at his 12 and said, are you going to leave too? Because it's easy to follow Jesus when everybody else is following Jesus. It's, it's easy to show up for church when there's a full house and it looks like that's the popular thing to do. Amen. Amen. It's a little bit more discouraging when you feel like you're going it alone. It's a little bit harder to stay committed when there's just a faithful few and it's not that impressive in attendance. It's not that impressive a love offering. It's not that impressive a ministry. And we compare ourselves one with another. And the Bible says we're not wise when we do that. Because the strength of a congregation is not in the size of attendance, but it's in the size of your faith. Can I get an amen? And little as much when God is in it, and a little church like this can reach more for Jesus than a church that has 5,000 in attendance. If we will make, avail ourselves in prayer and become ground-pounding Christians that, that stays on target and don't quit. Strengthen the things that remain, Washington Heights Baptist Church. We're going to have our ups and downs. That's never going to change. The attendance Sundays are going to be high. A lot more days are going to be low. And it's going to get discouraging. We wonder week after week, where are they? And some are sick, and we know that. And some are working, we know that. Uh, but there are some uh, that should be here, Elijah. They're just not here. I just can't help but wonder if uh, they got a dose of religion, but they never got a relationship with Jesus. I'm not their judge. I can't say for sure, but it sure does make one wonder, doesn't it? I also wonder if maybe uh, they got hurt and uh, the church didn't do a good job making reconciliation and restoring a brother back to full spiritual health uh, because the Bible says if a brother be overtaken in a fault that we which are spiritual are to restore such a one, not rag them out. Not talk about them, say, well, they got what was coming to them. After all, they're going to reap what they sow. They got what they deserve. Just let them, let them leave. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you, we'll say. And what a rotten attitude for a Christian that's supposed to restore a brother in Christ. Amen. I'm talking about staying on target. If we're going to build this church, or let me rephrase it. If God's going to build this church through us, then we're going to have to stay on God's mission. We have to stay on target. We're going to have to receive the insight from God's word, receive the specific instructions that we find in that insight, and then allow that word to inspire us to be motivated to do something for God. Verse 19 said, The man of God was wroth with him and said, Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Then hast thou smitten Syria till thou hast consumed the wait a minute i thought that the man of god already said it's going to be done and i think this is another problem that we have we're so spiritually minded we're no practically good well if god don't do it it won't get done has that ever occurred to you that you're the hands and feet of jesus and if god don't do it, it's because you didn't do it when he told you to 
Well, I believe God's going to do it all. No, He ain't. He chose to use you, the human vessel. And if somebody don't hear about Jesus, it's not God's fault, it's yours and my fault. Because we didn't go and be the hands and feet of Jesus. To go tell, love people to Jesus, go tell them about Jesus, give them the house of God, whatever we got to do to get them under the Word. Amen. This is spiritual boot camp. Amen. This is, this is healthy for us. If you're feeling convicted, the Word's working like it needs to. You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. If you enjoyed today's message, we invite you to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to share these with your friends and family, too. This could be a great way to start a conversation about Christ and study the Word together. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like to request prayer, please get in touch with Pastor Gary by emailing contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L dot com. True North is a ministry of Gary Cottle Ministries. You can find out more by visiting our website, garycoddle.com. Would you like to come worship with Pastor Gary? Simply visit garycoddle.com for more details on where he pastors and how you can plan a visit. If you're not in the area, we still encourage you to find a local church body where you can learn from God's Word and spend time with other believers. It will be a place for you to grow in faith, find support, and serve in ways you are uniquely designed to. With that, our time with you has come to a close today. Join Pastor Gary next time for more right here on True North.